Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of Nation Extreme Wrestling, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Wyatt Arndt, the stanchion, and the architect, Mike Paris. Fellas, how are you doing? Doing this week, boys. What what am I, boys? More I know you're wanting journalist. to steer us towards that you're an award-winning <laughs> okay, journalist. Mike did it right. <laughs> no, not now. Now I feel bad because Mike got it right and Bowman didn't. But I got late breaking news. I'm an award-winning journalist. I never stopped working, and I want to. I want to apologize to Clive right now. I'm not going after your son on purpose right now. I just this. I went where the story went. You know, I go where the story goes. I was told by Beef Boy that he was told. That Mike Paris, if you follow him, he'll follow back. That's what you said. And so Beef Boy followed him on Twitter and for the longest time didn't get a follow back. Oh, my goodness. And he was upset. He was crying. He called me up, Wyatt. I can't believe this happened. I trusted Mike Paris. He didn't follow me back. He was upset, crying. Mike eventually did follow him back. But at that point, Beef Boy felt betrayed. So Beef Boy then unfollowed Mike Paris, which is fair. So for those online looking, when Mike Paris says he will follow back, uh, just be prepared to wait a while, which, you know, not the great. Clive wouldn't wait that long. Yeah, he taught you better. To clarify, does Mike have a time frame in which he will follow you back? Mike, is there a time frame or is it an eventuality sort of deal? It's it's an eventuality. Yeah, I think uh, it would have happened eventually. And, and then uh, Mr. Beef, as I referred to him, uh, he had the decency to, to ask me to, to follow him. So I did at that point. But I guess um, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus here, but it seems like he was egged on by Justin Morissette, uh, and, uh, caused the, the beef, so to speak, to escalate. And, uh, yeah, then I was immediately unfollowed. I, within nine minutes of me following him, I was unfollowed. So, um, I, I also feel a little disrespected in this instance. <laughs> That's all. Look, I, I love Beef Boy. We all know that. He's a brother to me. Am I concerned that Beef Boy is because he starts beef? Sure. Maybe that's the case. That could be what's going on here. But there needs to be a clear time that you follow someone back, Mike. Again, you've got, what, two followers? Turn those alerts on. You're not me. <laughs> you don't need to turn them off. Just turn them on. Get those followers. Follow them back, okay? 
Okay, that's some mudslinging from this award-winning journalist. Also, do they teach you in award-winning journalism school to, you know, ask yourself rhetorical questions to lead you to what you want to say? Is that a is that a thing? Yeah, is, is that, that is a that... thing that I do? I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> Listen, I already I I did get I got heat from beef uh, uh over Twitter. I I got uh I got heat from from Clive. Clive gave me heat about this. And uh yeah, I I was also told that I should not uh, summon Clive's name so much on the podcast, so I got heat about that as well. So wait, what? We talking about Clive's <laughs> the best? Yeah, what's, what's the deal, Clive? Come on, Clive, uh, highly featured on the on the YouTube version of NW as well, as you're sitting right next to the entrance ramp. So uh, He's the fourth man in the booth here, Clive. <laughs> yeah, Clive's, yeah, so, uh, pull, Clive's pulling all the strings. Yeah, we, we asked for Clive to be on instead of Mike to begin with. We couldn't get him, so we settled for Mike. Like I don't. He's see a busy the, man. He's a busy man. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so I I I was a little worried when I saw the NEW uh, two card announced that it would be me and Beef Boy in the ring, uh, but it wasn't. I, I've escaped this time. Uh, but we'll see if uh, if if the heat keeps coming my way, maybe you'll you'll see me uh, catching catching fists. Yeah, loser leaves Twitter. Maybe at NEW three, we'll see. Yeah, we can both lose our four hundred followers. That's fair. That's true. You guys, you guys both, both of you put your alerts on. You're not big enough to have them off. Okay. Don't pretend. Uh, I, I will suggest. Sorry, I will suggest that uh, it, it was only because I put over Evan Rivers on last week's episode. Uh, saying that I liked him because he followed me on Twitter. That was the only reason that Be- that Beef Boy followed me. Mm, I'll, I'll again. I'll I'll look into that. I'm pretty sure it's because he respected you before, but now he doesn't. So he was a big again, game time t- decision fan. <laughs> I, I was talking to the wise men. We were investigating at a bar, and they said they're they're not sure about Mike Paris yet. They're definitely not into Bowman, but Mike, you can still you can still make some headway there. Okay. They don't even know me. They don't want to know you, sir. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Gentlemen, there's a lot of NEW news to get into, so uh, let's hit the NEW segment. All right, so late last week, NEW1 was made available on YouTube for free for people to watch and enjoy. Mike Paris, unfortunately, you were not able to be there live in person for NEW1. What are some of your takeaways from watching the show on YouTube? Uh, honestly, I don't. First and foremost, I I didn't even get a hey Mike, how are you today? I, all I got was just slung mud from Wyatt over there, but that's fine. We can move forward. That's, uh, the, anyway. that's the last. That's the last segment. We're done with that. It's journalism. <laughs> <laughs> the music hit. We've moved on. Anyway, uh, do you know what? I I can't say enough about every aspect of of this YouTube production from NEW1. Not only was it free, let's start there, because I fully, and, you know, I like to think I'm relatively inside uh, with NEW, uh, was expecting to pay at least $5 for, for this feed, and I did not have to, which is always a pleasant surprise. Uh, secondly, the especially for a first-time uh, company production, the production value was like phenomenal like I've, I've watched a lot of independent wrestling on youtube and this is got to be absolutely from production wise and i'm not this is without bias without i'm not towing the company line here this is absolutely some of the best recorded wrestling i've watched for, at, at an independent level and 
tons of great camera angles, tons of camera angles for starter, great hard cam, uh, and then they cut to all the right parts at all the right points uh, with their angles that they had, and it made a lot of sense. It was great from start to finish. Uh, once again, I will say this without bias, commentary team nailing it on, on every aspect three professionals there that put in some great work so really i and ultimately of course the part that matters is it was a great show um and that came across uh in the recorded version as well so again just to clarify mike paris you were not at the show correct and you're commenting on far but i was at the show doing the work okay i just want to make sure that we're clear on that thank you hey i had clive in the field for me we already talked about no, this. I, I would love to have clive on the show i know i, I again <laughs> i trust him don't trust you so uh, no, again, fantastic show. Go to YouTube. The fact it's free it speaks volumes about the company. Uh, I would love to say I'm not biased, but I am biased because they're just a good company. They are. They're doing all the right things. Jokes aside, it's just they're raising the bar. They are. It's professional. It's well done. They want nothing more than to make it the best place on earth to wrestle. We know there's been tons of talent in the Pacific Northwest for a long time, and now they've got a home where they can kind of display it. Wrestlers don't have to worry about anything else. Like Chris and Rob are taking care of it. I, I honestly just we'll get into it but they're 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 going further and further up and it's awesome yeah speaking of further and further up uh we're going to talk about new2 now uh tickets are officially on sale paris are you excited for new2 i'm absolutely excited i do i do intend to make this one i hope i can um really exciting to have that kind of whole weekend involved especially if you're a a gamer or someone who likes uh e-gaming uh that is a weekend for you uh to be able to get the two new shows as as part of your you know grand slam ticket here uh it is going to be an exciting show and i i hope i i don't know this you guys probably do but uh, i hope it is recorded similarly um because the investment uh, you could definitely tell was there. And ultimately, when I think about the great recording that was the first one, and I assume the second one will be as well, this is a great showcase for these wrestlers to to send around the world to see what their work looks like because it was recorded professionally. It made everyone look good. And uh, it was top-notch uh, in regards to putting it on your reel, so to speak. Yeah, when you want to theorize on what things might be, you go to Paris. If you want the facts, you go to me. They will be recording it. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> What a scoop. Wow. Thank I guess. you. Yeah. yeah he just Will it also be free it. on YouTube? Can't, can't you tell me that. You got scooped again. I can't. Hey, hey, you got to slow pay this shit, boys. <laughs> one scoop at a time. Two, I'm, I'm not two scoops. Only one person can be two scoops. And he's an American glad you're a legend. Damn right. Only uh, well, two people got that out there and they're oh, so excited. I, right no, now. I love two scoops. <laughs> you're one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm your target audience for old school American <laughs> gladiators references. Well, let's talk about the card. Obviously, top to bottom, both shows, NEW1, were great. Uh, NEW2 for the Saturday show, you've got Travis Williams versus Elliot Tyler in match one. Thoughts Sorry, on who's that, that second guy? Who's the Elliot second guy? Tyler. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, and, who? Yeah, Elliot Tyler. You should look him up on Twitter. Or maybe follow him. Oh, uh, okay. And maybe send we'll him a, a nice, supportive tweet. Perhaps that oh, might okay. be all right. Uh, <laughs> we'll thoughts on goes. Williams versus uh, Tyler, hmm. NEW2. Yeah, there's kind of like a rotation in effect of uh, Williams and Icarus and Beef Boy. And wait for Eli Surge to get back. That kid's got some some juice, too. So it's all these young kids kind of going to town. And I, again, can't wait to see it. I am still intrigued. You know, obviously Beef Boy has got beef with Paris. He's got beef with Fergie. Uh, and now he's going to try and get some beef with uh, the Golden Boy. Golden Boy, what is he? Like, he's not even in the top five rankings right now. You know that's going to be irking him. So he's going to want to make a statement in this one. Beef Boy's going to want to show that, you know, he, you know, that whole bell incident with Fergie's behind him. 
Uh, I think that's a hot opener, man. If they go with that, I love it. Yeah. Uh, we've got Sloan versus Rhea Von Slasher versus Liza Hall. Now, this is where you've got Sloan's an intimidating wrestler. She, she, she's very, you look at her, she's just that got the muscle. Uh, Rhea Von Slasher has, you, Jesus, she's got videos of her lifting dead weights, lifting cars, lifting buildings. She's strong as they get. Liza Hall is one of those people that has never stops learning. She's out in Mexico right now, learning all the different styles. Again, she'll probably come in flying off the top rope for all we know. So just great different styles. Again, I want women's wrestling to keep going higher, and I think that's a great kind of first entry. We've got Nicole Matthews, obviously a legend here, but there's more than just Nicole in this in this industry in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's great to see the the you know three of the best women in the Pacific Northwest uh, getting showcased here in this match, and we haven't seen a, a entirely female match uh, from any W yet, uh, so it's good to see. As well as like you said, Wyatt, um, we've got two very very intimidating women, and, and then Liza Hall is coming back from Mexico, so I hope she's learned a lot because I'm I'm worried for her for her health in this match. We also got a fatal four-way, Coco Flash from the Illa Tribe, Eli Surge, who Wyatt mentioned a moment ago, Fergie, and Evan Rivers, who a lot of people walked away from that first show going, wow, Evan Rivers really impressed me. I guess the main question I'll ask here, what happens to people if Fergie loses this match? Because he's a frustrated fella right now. I mean, I guess in a sense, it's you can't take out all three of them if he loses, I don't think. Or maybe you could. The guy, he's been angry. He's got a different you know, look in his eye when you talk to him. He's not... As friendly as he used to be, I think he's taking things more seriously. So that matchup is also good. He got a lot of young talent there. And again, uh, Eli Surge, someone I'm really interested in. He also was in Mexico as well. So he's coming back and he knows what skills they've got. We saw Evan Rivers. He went toe-to-toe with one of the toughest guys in this business, in, in Sebastian Wolf, And Coco Flash, the dude's just got skill. You talk about two scoops. This guy might be the two scoops of, of NEW. So this guy, you know, if you get him to the top rope, watch out. Yeah, do you know what? I was thinking about going, look, watching the the first show this past week, and I think of a few people who impressed me. One was the Ila Tribe, uh, so we got Coco in this match, and then uh, the other was Evan Rivers, and I think that we've got some some good things brewing here. And uh, Fergie, yeah, I don't I don't know how that's gonna look because he has got to be upset. He's coming out of having one of the top baby faces going against him here uh, or turning on him. That's his opinion, but I hear he's kind of a jerk anyway. Uh, but <laughs> so yeah, you're, I think you're you've pro got a... Fergie in that incident. Then that's what I'm hearing. Well, you know, I, I, it didn't, it looked a little, clu- let's just say that beef boy was a little clumsy and you know, clumsy, clumsy doesn't, doesn't go well in the ring. So if your partner is clumsy and don't even get me started on his, uh, pink cowboy shirt. I'm not sure what that was all about, but, uh, yeah. Mike if we're going to have with a verbal beatdown <laughs> to match Fergie's physical beatdown from any W1, what the hell's going on? Listen, you little shit. That's my brother you're talking about. You back the fuck off. You back the fuck off, Beef Boy. Only I get to make fun of him. That pink shirt was bullshit, but I get to see it, not you. <laughs> well, you know, I've got heat no, with him. We might as well keep it going. Might as well stoke huge, the flames. Another huge, huge match for NEW2. Uh, Daniel Maccabe, one of the big winners from NEW1, with a phenomenal match against Nicole Matthews. He will be taking on the returning... El Phantasmo. Wyatt, I know you've been following LP's career for a long time. Huge LP fan. How excited are you that he's coming back and he's going to be at NEW2? It's an LP consultant, not fan, sir. Uh, I am excited. I love LP. I've been watching my, you know, that guy got me into wrestling. He brought me to the first show, Bowman, so I... 
<sighs> yeah. I don't give him credit. What the fuck but did, I'll give yeah. something to you. Didn't yeah, I do something? Like, you did something. You got me to the first independent show. And so, yes, yeah, so I do congratulate you on introducing me to the genius that is LP. Uh, LP obviously is an international superstar. If you're someone who's going to the show just to cheer on LP because you saw him wrestle at Bridger or wherever the fuck you saw him, you know, just sit the fuck down, clowns. He's an international star. He's above the Pacific Northwest at this point. He's bigger than you. Just enjoy the show. Uh, and I can't wait to see, again, Daniel McCauley, Wrestling Genius, another guy who has wrestled around the world. If you want to get, like, smart wrestling fans, like, nerding out over a match, that was the one to make because, they again, styles make matches, and these are two wildly different styles. But if, you know, them being as good as they are, I can't imagine it's going to be nothing but a fantastic five-star match. Like, this is something that people have wanted to see. People are, like, talking about. I wish I could see that matchup. And, again, NEW is making it happen. So it's just, it's great stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I think I talked about in maybe episode one of our show here how one of the best matches I've seen in Vancouver is Kyle O'Reilly and El Fantasmo. And this has the potential of that kind of matching of styles to, to deliver in a similar way. I do have one concern is that they're both giant dickholes. So I don't know who to cheer for, but we'll see. I mean, it, LP, you know, he's going to get <laughs> uh, LP's going to get the fans. Cause like, he's just got the flash and dash. I know like it's one of those things where you talk about how like you want to boo the person who does, a, you know, who's a bad guy. Cause he's so, so good. Um, but fuck dude, he's in the, he's in the bullet club. He fucking has been kicking maple trees for the last year. He's got a sudden death as a finishing move. And I have no doubt he can make the crowd hate him, but I I, I do feel that uh, LP is going to win that crowd over. Uh, next match, we're going to have Ravenous Randy uh, making his NEW debut. We'll be wrestling Bishop. Uh, Bishop may be looking to get some retribution on somebody for his loss um, against Sharif at NEW1. Uh, Wyatt, I know you're looking for an angry Bishop to come out firing on all cylinders here. Again, legally, I still can't talk about that Sharif versus Bishop match. I don't want to get any sort of libel. I'm still mad about it. So I will just say that I am scared for anyone that Bishop's going to face next because the dude's going to be in a warpath. Um, I think he... The thing that set him back, I'm going to be real with you, I think his entrance music was terrible. I think he made a poor choice. I think he needs to get... Because when you see Evil Bishop dancing, but like in a malicious way, you know he's in the zone. He came out almost looking kind of like wave into the crowd like it wasn't the right music so he's gonna get the right music he's gonna be in the zone and he's gonna murder ravenous randy but i say that with the utmost respect for ravenous because if anyone can beat bishop ravenous is a veteran in the business he knows that he, he knows how to put an entrance who does better entrances than ravenous randy not many so it's true anyone could win but i just think bishop's got the extra edge because he's a mad angry man can i just put some pieces together here we've got angry bishop angry fergie angry bishy wishy they never can, should have left. Again, yeah. I can agree. we see it? Can we see it happen? These guys are both pissed off. They've had they've been wronged by by people under five feet tall, and <laughs> you know they're they're out for blood. So let's see it happen. Well, there Can't will they be. See they love each other. I just, I just. There will be a four way tag team title match. Uh, at the event as well with the Wise Men versus State of Emergency versus the Voros Twins versus Reloaded. So no angry bishy-wishy in that match, but who knows what could happen down the line with uh, with all those competitors. Looks like a pretty thriving tag team scene in NEW right out of the gate. Yeah, and that's a, that's a TLC match, right? So we're seeing... Uh, something you know, a new style of match come into the NEW world. I'm excited to see it. I wish that we just named uh, the Evan Rivers and Sebastian Wolf match a, a number three road street fight, but we didn't because uh, I would have loved to see it. But uh, a TLC match here uh, for the tag team 
titles and uh it's it's going to be exciting to have titles in the scene and i'm sure we're only moments away from uh getting a a, a main singles belt in the mix as well I, I do like the idea of wolf and, and rivers fighting all of her like landmarks around the lower mainland like if they could fight at stardust just film it like these street fights all over <laughs> all over the city would be fantastic on the sky the convention center i'm yeah, sorry on the grass take it to the cauldron boys yeah. You're not far from the cauldron. <laughs> throw, throw them into the whale. <laughs> yeah, I want to see these things happening. Um, as for the tag match, anyone could win a lot of different styles there. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm not biased in any way. I'm just a, a good reporter. I'm going to say I think the Wiseman at the edge is because they're just a really good team. Like, I talked to them. Yeah, I know. I I just, I did, I did, I crunched the numbers. I did the advanced stats. Wiseman have the edge. So, it's, you know, I just think they're going to, I think they're going to win this one and they're going to continue to raise the bar in the tag team division. Shocking that you feel the wise men are gonna come out of this with the win. It's I not, just I'm it's not a drinking competition. It's no, it's an investigation competition, and I've won, so they are gonna do great. <laughs> what does that even I mean? I'm talking about the match. <laughs> <laughs> We're also gonna see Nicole Matthews versus Judas Icarus uh squaring off. That's got you know classic written all over it as well. Um Wyatt, thoughts on that one? Again, I, I one of the biggest Icarus marks you'll find. Again, I love it when he screams and kicks people for no reason. I saw it again in that Travis Williams. The, ah! <laughs> in the back, I just think he, he gets in the zone. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he recently became the 365 champion by beating Travis Williams in another 60-minute marathon match. So I am concerned that you know he might be limping into this one. He's, he's been beaten up by Travis, and he's, he's got his wins, but at what cost? And I know Nicole Matthews had her, her match with Maccabi, and he can tear you down too, but I just feel like... I'm wondering which of those two is going to be the most healthy heading into this, and that might decide who's the winner. Yeah, this is a bit of a uh, you know student versus teacher kind of feel to it. And uh, coming out of that match at 365, uh, I heard nothing but good things about that. So I do wonder what they can do here. I, I have every faith in both of these wrestlers. And I, I gotta say, the Makabe matthews match might have been my favorite of the night. Oh, that's that's might be a bit of a hot take. But... Uh, I, I enjoyed the hell out of that, so I'm excited to see what her and Icarus can do. Yeah, a lot of people felt that way. A lot of people came out. I mean, obviously, Artemis Spencer, Speedball Mike Bailey, just instant classic. One of the best matches that we've ever seen here in this region. But the Maccabi nicole Matthews match, not without its merits as well. A lot of people talk about how great that match was. Uh, just announced... Also at NEW2 on October the 9th, uh, the walking weapon Josh Alexander will be in action. This is a huge, huge get for the company. This guy was X Division champion for Impact Wrestling, recently invoked Option C, and he will challenge Christian Cage for the Impact World Championship at Bound for Glory on October 23rd. But you're going to get a chance to see him on October the 9th at the Vancouver Convention Center. How excited are we for the acquisition of Josh Alexander for the show? Look, I, I was very excited. I, I was talking to Rob Fay. I was given a bunch of suggestions who who could bring into the show, and, and he's like, "Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds fine." He's like, "Just just you wait." I'm like, "Well, why aren't you listening to me? I'm, I'm a award winning journalist. Listen to me." And he said, "Just just hold on, and wait." And then he posts the picture of that headgear, and he lands Josh Alexander again. NEW, every time you think they're done, they go to another level. And that's without, again, without bias. If you're sitting there going, oh, LP, Dan Maccabe, you know, all the Ross, that's amazing. But then he grabs Josh Alexander as well. Like, they're always looking to give you the best bang for your buck to not only that, but also give these wrestlers a bigger stage. Like, 
Josh Alexander, whoever he faces, that automatically automatically elevates them. Like that's awesome. So in terms of just like making the Pacific Northwest uh, West get the the respect it deserves, I'm just I'm so excited about that. I, what a great signing for this show. Uh, just awesome. It's amazing how in one show and now in the preparations for a second, uh, NEW I feel has already become the place for Canada's best indie talent to come to, to gravitate to. And I think to to reference what I was saying earlier about the recorded product, um, being able to showcase that, to be able to show for NEW to take that to new talent and say, look what we can do. Look at the talent we have and look at the production value we have. Look at the fans we have. Look at this amazing podcast we have. Uh, all of those things combined could really bring in some of the best talent from around the world. And, and you know, we're starting in Canada here. and that I'm sure that's a COVID-related thing. But uh, some of the best Canadian talent is coming to Vancouver and they're coming to NEW. Yeah, and there's two shows for the price of one. If you want to get your tickets to NEW2, visit tgs.gg slash pinnacle. Click on the register button. Click on venue fee drop down options. Nation Extreme Wrestling Spectator. You know you want to be one of those. And then follow the prompts and you're ready to go. So it's a combination ticket for a weekend esports tournament and two excellent wrestling shows. Man, it is super, super, super exciting to see that this is where we're at for NEW2. NEW2 is turning into Terminator 2 real quickly as far as jumps <laughs> from the prior one and just that sequel that just kicks it to that next level. Again, and this is the convention center. It's a whole new ball game. It's a different arena. No one's wrestled here before. So even just going for the spectacle of it, the return of LP, Josh Alexander, the current roster that's already awesome. Uh, if you were excited by the first show, Again, NEW is trying to raise the bar for the second one. So don't miss it. Don't be like Mike Paris. Don't miss the show. Be there. <laughs> like Clive can only do so much to explain it to you. Like be there live, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we didn't even touch on the venue. Like that's an amazing opportunity to showcase wrestling in Vancouver. They're in the the biggest venue in the city. The most main front main front view place in the in the lower mainland and uh like you know hit up hit up uh tap and barrel for some beers head on in and uh have a great time i need to see somebody's head bounced off the giant uh raindrop statue that's gonna be great but also raindrop like we're gonna see orca yeah, we're gonna see the first tag team champions the first champions period crowned in new as well it is going to be a spectacular show but guys there was one other huge piece of news that happened recently um wrestling personified eddie osborne has officially joined the new roster why you've got a lot of history you've watched a lot of eddie osborne how big a get is this for this new company this is huge. Eddie Osborne is one of the most respected people in the Pacific Northwest. No one has a bad word to say about the guy. And he can also go in the ring. The dude's awesome in the ring. Awesome person. But he's got a mean streak. Like, you don't want to get in his bad side. He also has the greatest fucking theme song of all goddamn time. There's no one who has a better theme song in the Pacific Northwest than Eddie Osborne. And you know what we're going to do to celebrate Eddie Osborne joining Nation Extreme Wrestling? We're going to bring you that theme song right now as we play out our NEW segment. Again, if you want to get information on how to get tickets, follow Nation Extreme Wrestling uh, at NEW Wrestling Inc. on Twitter or go to NationExtremeWrestling.com. $40 includes a three-day pass to an eSports festival and all this phenomenal pro wrestling action so let's hit it eddie osborne's theme song it's a banger wrestling, wrestling. personified, personified. 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 
wrestling Let's hit it. It is the Wide World of Wrestling segment. Oh my God! Come on! All right, so not only is NEW doing a lot of really impressive, really exciting things, also the other EW, AEW, is absolutely crushing it on a weekly basis. This is unrelenting from AEW with the amount of quality pro wrestling product they're putting out there. Guys, the first thing I want to talk about, the big news of the last couple of days, AEW announced they are going to be affiliated with the Owen Hart Foundation and Martha Hart, and Owen Hart's pro wrestling legacy will be living on in AEW. There will be a tournament called the Owen Cup. There's going to be action figures, merch. He is most likely going to be in the AEW video game. How huge is this for that company? It's... Look, I, I want to give the, the almost respect to Martha Hart because when I was younger, obviously you see Owen Hart, he passes away, and you want to see his legacy remembered, and she wouldn't give in, and you saw so much pressure on her from Brett, from Vince, everyone, because they all want to see Owen remembered. And I remember thinking too, like, just let him be in the Hall of Fame, let him do it. But the more you listen and learn about Vince, it's harder it is to kind of get in his side. And imagine you've lost the love of your life because you think of what Vince did. I have so much respect for her standing her ground because look what's come about. It's like now she gets Owen's legacy on her terms, on Owen's terms, and I cannot 
be proud of her and like, good job. Like, that's fucking awesome. Because now Owen Hart gets to remember in a way that she has more control over in a wrestling way. It's not just a fucking business way. Because you know, if you go with Vince, there's always a chance that business will come first. Whereas with AW, there's way more chance of wrestling being there. And and just the fact that you'll get Owen merch and the fact that you get like an Owen Hart, like the, the tournament and stuff. And like, this is one of the great idea. Like, make the Owen Hart cup like 500 pounds. Someone has to drag it around. One last rib from Owen. <laughs> like, just the fact we're talking about Owen as ribs, like in a good way. It's not just like attached to the tragedy of WWE. I honestly could not love it more. Yeah, when you think about ways for, if, if they weren't already, AEW is the face of the uh, wrestling business right now. The baby face, that is. And uh, this was a great way to to cement that. And, and to Wyatt's point of sometimes business gets in the way, I felt that with the Ultimate Warrior stuff. Like, especially because he died in such a... Uh, timely way the way in which he died and the time in which he died really suited their needs and they have really kind of made that part of their business and not really uh talking about the individual in the same way so that i just feel that's an example of when they've taken advantage of someone's death as opposed to really honoring it and for the hart family owens family to um put this with capable hands and hands that they've seen we talked about this i believe last week uh hands that have dealt with the Brody lee situation in such a classy way um i i assume martha hart saw that and was able to say wow that's a family that this company is really taken care of this person died unrelated to wrestling but died while he was with the company and they took care of his family anyway uh so what is the potential for owen's legacy to live with aew and i I think we found the right path to take how excited is mark henry as well mark henry i mean why you talked about people that had made those impassioned pleas to martha hart to let them celebrate owen let's not forget mark henry's hall of fame speech where he implored martha Hart to let them celebrate owen you know owen is a beloved wrestler from anybody who ever met him and then now not only does it happen for aew but mark henry also is there uh and able to be part of this as well i mean that's that's phenomenal Again, it just, it just speaks to Martha Hart. She's got so much pressure on her to, to just try and remember Owen's legacy, and she waited out to do it again on her terms. And this feels so much better, honestly. If they if WWE had brought in Owen and done their usual WWE thing, it would have been like, I would have been happy that he's being remembered, but it would have been under that WWE umbrella where you would have been like, okay, it's like it's it's kind of business, and you would have seen like his T-shirts on the store, and it, would have, it wouldn't have felt the same. Whereas, again, like a great point from Mike Paris. I hate saying it, but Brody Lee, the way they handled that was great. And the fact that they... Honestly, it's, there's always going to be a mix of business and wrestling, don't get me wrong, but AW is balanced. It's not just like 90% business, 10% wrestling like WWE's become. So the fact we get to remember Owen and I can buy a shirt and be happy about what I'm buying and it's not coming from WWE, like that makes me feel fantastic. Yeah, and it is interesting to kind of think that the currently the be-all and end-all of Wrestling Hall of Fame is the WWE. And maybe this makes them put Owen in and maybe lets Martha, Martha allows them to put Owen in, uh, or it reinvents what a wrestling hall of fame looks like. And does WDB kind of get taken out of the picture there? I don't know, but, uh, that is the ultimate honor really in the wrestling world to be put in the WWE hall of fame. So maybe things are changing. So are you potentially thinking that maybe AEW doesn't necessarily do an AEW Hall of Fame, but instead spearheads a pro wrestling Hall of Fame that all encompasses everything? I I don't know if they have that power, so to speak. But yeah, like I, I think that 
maybe the whole idea of how we honor these people needs to be reinvented because they aren't the only show in town. They are often business-minded over pro-wrestling-minded. So, yeah, maybe it's just an opportunity to rethink what the, the hierarchy of, of honoring someone looks like. Who do we like potentially to? I know, you know, you don't even know when the tournament's going to be. So you could potentially see some folks defecting from WWE that would love to be a part of it. But if it happened with the current roster of AEW right now, who would be your pick to potentially win the Owen Cup? I think everyone's going to be saying Kevin Steen, obviously, like his contract coming up. Maybe he can be the guy because that would be such a fantastic tie-in. Uh, I just wanted to be someone who kind of has a, a connection to the own family in some way. It would be neat. That would be a fun connection for me. I know it's one of those things where, you know, in WWE, I'm trained to think you'll lose in your hometown. That's just the way it has to be. And so if it was Vince, it would be someone who knew Owen or the family and they lose in the finals because that's fucking Vince. So oh. I'm hoping they just let it ride out and let just someone like make it a good feel-good moment. Like you're allowed to have those, you know, <laughs> like it's allowed to happen aside from WrestleMania. So that's what I hope. Yeah. Wrestling's allowed to be nice. It's allowed to be fun. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so, I don't know for some reason, maybe just cause he's Canadian, but Sean Spears is the first guy that came to my mind. And, and of course he's a, he's a dirtbag heel, but, um, it, you know, I think he's someone who could use a bit of a rub as well. So part of me does love the idea of a heel winning it. Cause think about how much of a piece of shit MJF would be if he won this thing. But, uh, from what I've seen, a lot of the chatter is, uh, if you're looking for a sentimental winner, uh, get over a new star, someone with ties to the Hart family. Brian Pillman Jr. is the name that has been popping up for a lot of people as someone who would be great to see win that tournament. Uh, that's true. That's, that's someone who also has dealt with the tragedy of losing their father when he was young. And he talked about how the wrestling community came together and made him feel accepted, which we're kind of seeing with Brody Lee's kids, right? That's the same sort of thing. So there's, again, there's a lot of tragedy in wrestling. There really is. But at the at the end of the day, there is a big, huge family aspect to it. And it's really nice to celebrate the family aspect. So if Brian Pillman Jr. can do it, love to see it too. Yeah, that certainly does seem like the sentimental choice makes makes all the sense in the world. And it does seem like they're kind of trying to push him uh, as a singles competitor now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen enough of him in the ring to real feel confident in him. Uh, so yeah, but like you say, seems oh, yeah. like the sentimental choice. You didn't see him with that uh, five-star banger against Kevin <laughs> Sullivan at the Commodore a couple years ago? Oh, do you know what? I did see that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just uh, shuffle yeah, that off to the side. I don't think he at, was the problem there, but no, where he's at with his <laughs> career trajectory, like that would make the most sense as well for him to win that, uh, that big tournament. And the thing is like, it seems like WWE is always steering against that happy heartwarming ending. And they just basically have to be dragged to it, kicking and screaming. I think of course of Daniel Bryan, Yeslemania, I think of Kofi mania, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, interesting to see. I mean, I guess we'll have a clearer picture when they announce the tournament is happening because if they announce it's happening in January, or something or beyond that then uh yeah keep an eye out for not just kevin steen but maybe uh sammy Zayn as well uh let's talk about aew for this week from a wrestling standpoint uh holy shit boys this is pay-per-view levels of uh cards for two nights there's a 
two-hour Dynamite, as usual, and then also a two-hour Rampage. It is Grand Slam week. We'll run down the card for Dynamite on September 22nd, uh, and then we'll go and we'll talk about any matches that uh, are super exciting for us. Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be facing off against MJF. Malachi Black will be going up against Cody Rhodes. No word on if Rosario Dawson's going to be in Cody Rhodes' corner, because she's officially in the Nightmare family. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus uh, FTR. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, versus Ruby Soho in a singles match for the AEW Women's Championship. And then, holy shit, this is happening right away. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, AEW Championship not on the line. So what from that card immediately jumps out at you, What? I'm a bit concerned in the sense that, that I don't want them to go too hard. I, I do like it. I like they got momentum. But I hope they have a trick up their sleeve. I have no problem if there's a dusty finish on that on that Omega Brian one. Give me don't don't give it too soon. I want them to still pay a bit of it. Obviously with momentum you want to keep pushing uh, as fast as you can. But I am kind of I'm slightly concerned. Um, I keep thinking about again Mike Paris getting in my head and it's horrible. <laughs> Talking about award winning like, getting the header. Yeah, it's terrifying. But uh, Britt Baker like who could come up and challenge her? Like would you bring Charlotte over? Like she'd be too good. And I know it's tired and cliche to be like thinking like, you know, you're you're go booking like, oh, what if this person came from WWE? I can't stop thinking about Shayna Baszler in AEW. Oh. I just think that that person is a person that could definitely like just break free. She had such a good thing going until they, you know, they didn't handle her well. I'll say like, to, to pull a, a Brian Cage wife here. I don't think they, they're booking her well. And so <laughs> I do think that's what I want to see in here. So, um, but as for the show itself, uh, yeah, I am. I'm intrigued just to see how they handle uh, Brian and, and Omega because I don't want it all right now. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, you, make, you make a great point now. That it does no, seem like they're, they're going we're, all in. We're Boba's so good points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I do like how they're doing these kind of special episodes and now they've become special weeks uh, as opposed to kind of burying us in subpar pay-per-views. Um, they're giving us the opportunity to really build towards pay-per-views, using, utilizing this kind of, this is a special week of, of Dynamite, a special week of Rampage. Um, and yeah, the cards are incredible. And I agree with Wyatt in saying that I hope that they kind of skirt the finish of, or skirt the match even, of the Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega payoff. Um, but the rest of that card looks great. And uh, to Wyatt's point of saying that uh, Shayna Baszler, yeah, I could I could see that happening. But I, I'm not sure they would know what to do with her either, to be honest with you. What the fuck? I'm just saying. <laughs> I just, you let her do whatever she wants. That's all you do. The Jade, <laughs> Cargill, the Jade <laughs> yeah. Cargill disrespect here will not be tolerated from my chair. She is great. She is she awesome. in her crew. Yes. We were in her crew. It's her. She's the one. I'm actually, of all those matches, I know who knows what's going to happen with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. I'm actually really looking forward to that women's title match because Ruby Soho, I've heard nothing but how good she is, but I don't think of a single instance that she got to showcase that in WWE. I know Britt Baker's awesome wrestler, so I'm really excited to see what they're able to do when Ruby Soho isn't constrained to the WWE system. 
Yeah, she wasn't even really given the same opportunities in NXT to showcase herself that a lot of these women who have built themselves through the WWE system have. She didn't get the runs that Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, so on and so forth got, and she was just kind of shot straight through to the main roster based on what they knew she could do, but then they never were able to really showcase what she could do. So yeah, similarly, I'm excited to see what she can do. Yeah, because that's what I think needs the biggest shot in the arm in AEW, Jade Cargill and legit Layla Hirsch aside, is the women's division. And this is viewed as, as a major acquisition for them. So I'm super intrigued to see how that match plays out. And again, just to, to circle back to, to Shayna, the way you book her is like Brock Lesnar. And that's like, no joke. That's what you do an MMA person that can can hurt you. Like, that. that's how I'd book it as. If that's what it was initially. That, that's how it works. Yeah, she's a bad yeah. woman. She's a bad woman. She's going to hurt you. All right, let's talk about Rampage Grand Slam on Friday. Two days after that, we've got the Super Click, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. The Inner Circle, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus the Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page with the unbelievable Dan Lambert. Uh, CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Suzuki Gun, uh, Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, and then the Lucha Brothers uh, and Santana and Ortiz uh, versus the Hardy Family. Um, let's see, Private Party, The Butcher and the Blade, and then you got Anna Jay and Penelope Ford. So a lot happening on Friday as well. What jumps out most for you guys there? Yeah. Uh, now maybe I maybe it's just because I'm not an MMA guy, so maybe you guys can enlighten me to to Mr. Lambert and his crew and. Uh, th- from what I saw, like, isn't Paige Van Sant? She's a pretty big deal. She was always someone the WWE was looking at, and she was standing there doing nothing. So is this a big deal for people who watch MMA to see these people uh, in AEW? It, it's it's fun. Like, they are decent names, not, like, over-the-top stars. I think Paige Van Sant was on Dancing with the Stars as well. She was. Like, she, she, she's a pretty lady, and obviously that helps. And So she's, she's equal to the Miz. Things. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, it is for MMA style. It is. It's. It's definitely a step above uh, a waist above Jake Hager. Like it's just like it feels real. It's like these are the people that like could hurt you. Uh, nothing against Jake Hager, but like these people have like solid reps. So yeah, it is kind of fun for that end for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about most of these matches. These look really, really great. Uh, CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. See how he works with a different opponent, with a bigger opponent. I think Powerhouse Hobbs is awesome, and this could be a real star-making match for him. Also, it looks like they're building towards uh, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy. I know we were kind of talking about what's the first Adam Cole feud going to be, and it seems like they're heading towards him and Jungle Boy here. They always recently especially have been toying with doing something with jungle boy and and giving him that kind of uh main event push and this could be it i think they're a good match in the ring i think that could put on a real good real good show um so i'm excited to see that uh i don't know what they what plans they have for jungle boy or what plans they have for jurassic express um i like jungle boy big fan um but uh yeah i think adam cole's the right guy to kind of uh start a program with and get something going i'm intrigued because again you guys remember calgary stampede oh in which it was you know the canadians uh bret hart owner all of them uh versus an assembly of americans that didn't quite reach the same level and i'm worried that the star power of the young bucks and adam cole is a little too much because adam cole as much as he's a heel people fucking love this guy that fucking name thing, he needs to stop it. He does. Because <laughs> that is like, you've got to be like Adam and to say, no, 
Remember the rock did? Yeah. No, sing along with the champ yeah. time. He's got because he's never gonna like he's gonna get that like people love it. So it's so fun. He's got to stop that. I'm worried that's gonna overshadow. I don't doubt that he's gonna go in the ring and do fine. But like I am worried that are they gonna again? I trust AEW more than WWE, but I am worried that the star power might overshadow uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they're running into that problem a lot, and it's kind of the same problem that WWE has run into where they bring people up from NXT. It's like you want to have the audience dislike these people, but also the audience is so excited to see these people and do their things that they do and sing along to Shinsuke Nakamura's music and to, to Adam Cole, Bebe, etc., etc., etc. And uh, to, to have Adam Cole in this position, I think you made a great suggestion there. It has to be like, just like, shut up, stop doing that. I'm not that guy anymore. Like, and give the tease of it a little bit. And I think that's the right way to play it. Or just have him bully Tony Schiavone a bit more over Schiavone's oh, yeah, that... friendship with Britt Baker. <laughs> hey, he, he's after his woman. <laughs> when does it ever really work to go after commentators? They're not really huge. Every time they went to Jim Ross for like heat, I'm like, give me a break. Like Jim Ross, I love him as a voice, but you can beat him up. It's okay. <laughs> Sir, they set Jim Ross on fire, if you recall. That it was that, fine. That got figurative and literal heat. That was incredible. Oh, man. I remember when I mean, Stone beep, Cold beep. beat Beef Boy's going after the, the third guy on the podcast, so, you know. Yeah, and it's not going to work, because no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit surprised and disappointed from these two massive cards here. Where's Miro? Where's the Where's the TNT Championship? Miro has been absolutely crushing it. He had a bit of a slow start when he first got to AEW, but since then he's got his title, like... There's not even like a number one contenders match or anything here to add a little bit of intrigue for what could possibly be Miro's next feud. I mean, that goes back to the point that Paris made a while back that there's so much talent now that you're going to have to cycle it in and out. You're not going to be able to fit it all in one show. And it's unfortunate that it's going to be a belt because I do think belt should always be a prime thing. But there is only so much that can go around. So I, I do think that's just kind of the nature of the biz right now with the with AEW. Yeah, we talk about, you know, giving these guys the flexibility to deliver, you know, 20, 30 minute. 45 minute, whatever it is, classics that they, that we know they can do, but there are going to be sacrifices there. And I think from what it sounds like and what it feels like, the AEW has a good connection with their talent and they have all the trust that they will get showcased uh, at some point in, in the near future. So there isn't the same worry that I feel like you get uh, at WWE where you're going to be sitting, sitting and catering for the next uh, six weeks, but uh, oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> Beating people up and he's going to show up in AEW soon. Don't worry. Don't you say that. Don't you say that. <laughs> Cody Rhodes has intimated that after he's done with Malachi Black, he's going to potentially be looking for the TNT championship. So maybe he goes on to a program with Miro. However, what I'd love to see happen instead, like, let's not do just Rosario a, a, Dawson. Yeah, Rosario Dawson versus uh, Miro, I think, would be fucking awesome. 60-minute Broadway. Bring but Lana think, in. Come on. Oh, yeah. What Lana and Rosario Dawson probably have the exact same wrestling talent. Whoa. Oh, I don't know. Whoa. Rosario Dawson, she kicks some ass on Iron Fist on She's Netflix. Sleeper, so. so Yeah, yeah I, was, I was one of the eight people who watched Iron Fist. Uh, not one of the ones who enjoyed it, because there are none. Um, I would love to instead see, let's not do just a clear face-heel divide and feuds and stuff. I'd love to see Malachi Black win that match and then go on to challenge Miro for the TNT Championship. And then let's just get two heels mixing it up and have a match. Why the hell not? Well, and by the way, I, I know this guy 
I've given him shit before for going into business for himself a little bit, but if there's the first person that needs to take a step away to showcase some of the other talent, it's Cody Rhodes. So go away for a while, buddy. He's been away. He can stay away, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Oh, wow. Good Lord. He can, he the can run the headset. Right he runs a great company. Let's give him credit there. He's a booker. So Paris will not be watching Roads to the Top, I guess. Roads to the t- No. That's their reality watch- show. It's going to yeah. be scintillating television. God, he's, yeah. a, he's a Miz guy. Clearly yeah, he's a I Miz watch guy. I and Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to debating the merits of Miz and Mrs. versus Roads to the Top with you on this show until this show or those shows get canceled. <laughs> Who comes first, I wonder? <laughs> Uh, moving to NXT here. So the first launch of the paintball NXT happened last week. Some new characters, some new names showing up. Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, yeah, I got that one wrong. Uh, won the NXT title. But I mean, this guy's got transitional champion written all over him. Apparently he's moving into a feud with, uh, I can't do it. I can't say the do name it. I they dare want you. me to There's so Braun... many, there's so many to say as well. Braun Breaker. Braun yeah, not, Breaker. Not Rex Steiner, as he was commonly known beforehand because he is Rick Steiner's child. No, Braun Breaker. So that that's like one thing. If, you, if you're going to redcon the fact that he's a Steiner, sure, give him a different name. But you're not. You're embracing the fact that he's a Steiner. He's got the tights. He's, he's talking. They're talking about it. And you give him a stupid name generator. Name. Like, this has got to be... And there's a few on the new NXT, on NXT 2.0. There's a few terrible names, and this is maybe the top one. I don't know why you would even shudder the fact that he's a Steiner. Why not live, you know, lean into that legacy? The Steiners were awesome. Look, obviously he'll be known as Breaker only at one point. That'll be his That's name. True. That's true. Happen. Or Brawny B. <laughs> yeah, Brawny B. Uh, clearly. And I, I think the point where I tapped out of like not caring about names anymore was the Viking experience. At that point, oh. I realized there was no hope. <laughs> There's no hope of any sort of there being good names. I like the fact that Big E said he wants to get his name back. That makes me laugh. I want him to get his name back. He wants the Langston? <laughs> yeah, Big E Langston. Bring it back. <laughs> so I, we'll, we'll pass. We're running a bit long already tonight. So we'll pass on Pusher Barry. But I did have a bunch of names listed uh, from the NXT uh, 2.0. That I thought we could push or bury. So the next, the next one is Von Wagner. That's who, someone's kid, right? That's uh, there's a legacy there. Who's? Oh, uh, I, who, I don't care. Okay, <laughs> it's a coffee. It's a coffee, but right? A, he's a, Van a, a Van giant. Hout. I bought some Van Hout today. <laughs> he's ben a Wagner giant coffee. Neanderthalish man who apparently has already been given the the brass ring, good to go, from uh, Vince McMahon. But uh, he's did nothing to impress me in the in the four-way main event i was correct he is a second generation talent uh right up there with randy orton this guy is the son of wayne bloom who wrestled as Bo beverly of the beverly brothers tag team so watch out for vaughn wagner <laughs> bury that name <laughs> and, and here's a good one for the maybe the crossover ttp uh fans tony d'angelo <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Someone needed to Google that one because yeah. it's not good. 
That's a problem. Unless they wanted that. I don't know. Maybe they wanted that right-wing character. I'm not sure, but uh, not going to return you a good investment on that name, that's for sure. No. Yeah. No, not that was at all. an interesting choice. I'll bury that one. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> but yeah, just a couple examples. And I, I don't know what you guys thought of the show. Um, there were some highlights. There were some lowlights. But uh, I, I kind of like the new staging. I like how it's bright. I like yeah. how you can see the entire audience. There's no... Um, there's only a clear barricade between the audience and the wrestlers. Um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of like the like really bright fluorescent high school gymnasium feel of it. Um, but there were certainly some aspects that I did not enjoy. Yeah, it's different, right? It's different. It's lighter. It's you know energetic. Cool. I'm not writing it off just you know from the jump or whatever. We'll see where they go with it. I did enjoy the wedding. I thought the wedding was actually a lot of fun with uh, Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. Um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not writing off the new NXT after just one episode. We'll see where they go from this. Yeah, if they're going to go a different direction, it was almost imperative that they switch things up so you don't think about the old NXT. So, you know, I may not love the new NXT, but I'm glad there's a, a sharp divide of what it used to be and what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. There's no confusing of what it once was to what it is now, which is a good thing, right? Other than Tommaso Ciampa winning the title, but like you say, yep. seems like it could be a bit of a transitional point. And we talked about this if you know a few weeks over, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the existing talent moving forward i do think they need to retain some of these guys because they need some workers um to the point of the wedding it was like watching something from a middle school talent show but i also loved it yeah <laughs> it was it yeah. was fun in that way it was like yeah. oh you missed your line okay you forgot your oh what's my line now my line is outrage yeah and it had a lot of fun stupid moments but i'm i'm actually kind of here for it yeah okay there uh, was la- there was hatchets Involved. There was Hatchet. Yeah, that was <laughs> Dexter Lewis threatens the audience. I've seen that gif pop up in many different scenarios <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter and stuff. It's a lot of fun. I like that a lot. Uh, the last thing we'll talk about here is uh, the plane ride from hell episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring returned for its second half of its third season uh, last Thursday with the plane ride from hell episode. And a real tonal shift from how the plane ride from hell has been viewed uh, for wrestling fans as this, you know, goofy romp and everybody getting drunk and body slamming each other into airplane doors and stuff. A lot more harrowing in its presentation uh, in its documentary form. Uh, And there's been some significant fallout from that. Why did you watch Dark Side of the Ring? If so, what were your thoughts on it? I, I couldn't believe that Tommy Dreamer wanted a job one last time. I could not believe that. <laughs> this guy was, was an afterthought in all of this, and he put himself front and center as maybe the main villain in this story now, excusing away everything. Like, I could not believe what he was saying. Well, you know, we're just having a good time, you know? We're just whipping our dicks out. What are you going to do? Like, Tommy, no. Ric Flair's got a hammer on him. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's just going to... That's just what he's going to do. He's just going to nature boy it up. I was stunned oh, and baffled. Styling and profiling. That's what he does. Watching that all unfolded him just just digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, it's amazing because like you say, it's been portrayed as kind of this. It's always been a story for the last, you know, however many, 20 years, I guess it's almost been. Um, but uh, it it's just the way it has always been portrayed as a bunch of drunk wrestlers just having fun and wrestling each other. And that this portrays it as, like you say, something that is much more insidious uh, in regards to the culture of wrestling. And Tommy Dreamer's comments about it just even worsen the insidiousness that is this event 
Yeah, he has since been indefinitely suspended by Impact Wrestling. He has released a statement apologizing for, you know, what he said and all that. And even I think, I don't know if it was on this show or Trust the Process, I had kind of laughed about, yeah, Ric Flair is going to be doing his, a silhouette of Ric Flair is going to be doing helicopter dick on the uh, on the dark side of the ring and then to actually watch it play out and also to see what the <laughs> flight attendant and stuff went through. Like, that was that was pretty extreme, although I will say... I didn't. I did laugh during the episode because I could watch fucking Michael Hayes slap Bradshaw and get knocked out in silhouette. I could watch that on a loop for hours. I adored that. It's it ties into kind of any W in the sense that like I can't wait for the the bar to be raised in professionalism because there is a level. I remember it was Dave Chappelle did an infamous sketch where he's talking about like where like if you pass it with your friends and wake up and there's a carrot up your ass. Like why would your friends do that to you? I'm like yeah, why would that ever happen? Like why would these people do that? And then people are like I'm afraid to fall asleep or you know what you fall asleep with sunglasses on a hat so you have a chance to wake up. I'm like what the fuck man that's so weird. And I think it was Mike Kyoto I think was talking about like so casually like yeah I think we were H bombing people like that's a fucking everyday thing. I'm like what the fuck? And Rob Van Dam uh, he was the best. He's the hero of yeah, this story. He, Rob Van Dam. It's like don't meet your heroes. Some of these guys are pretty <laughs> fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> you want to smoke weed and relax. You got these fucking guys getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. I love Rob Van Dam. I'm so glad oh, he came out clean. He's on my Mount Rushmore, and I was <laughs> yeah. terrified when Tommy Dreamer, when one ECW original kept digging deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm like, God, RVD, don't don't do anything. Don't I? I can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. He he's like you say. He comes out as as the 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 face in the situation and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he just wanted to have a good time. Everyone did, but uh, I think what I wonder how that's had long-standing effects on uh, private planes and the WWE, and because that does seem like a more cost-effective way of traveling. But they've been held hostage now too, so it's not no good. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, this isn't this may not even that the dark most, side of the ring. Yeah, it's gonna come. You know it will. That's not not even the most intense. Imagine thing Tommy Dreamer on, on that one. It was fine. I don't know what the problem was. Saudi was right. <laughs> You know what? They're, they're very right pro- to hold us there. They're a very progressive government. Uh, you know, I support a lot of what Why do we need to wrestle anyways? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Um, how do we feel gold dust comes across in this? Because that was probably Sad. the cringiest moment. The cringiest yeah. moment was him on the loudspeaker. Was it Jim Ross who's like, you need to sit down, pal. You need to let this one go, uh, which is so sad. But he also was the only one, apparently, allegedly, supposedly, to step up and get Ric Flair off of this flight attendant. Yeah, I think, again, the Goldust thing just made me feel like that's the guy who's sad. He didn't. He was just singing a sad song. Like, it's like, stop, but, you know, you can kind of get, yeah. It's, I mean, on Wedding Singer, it turned out great, but in here, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> we we kind of talked about it last week uh, about whether or not the dark side of the ring could have any lasting effects. We actually talked about you know how it could have any effect on the the wrestling business at large. And I do wonder if it's kind of skewed uh, any AEW plans there might have been to involve Ric Flair um, because that's been rumored for a while to to involve him in an Andrade storyline specifically. But you know, is this the right time to bring in Ric Flair? Another guy who was brought up on the show prominently and then just kind of skirted off to the side because of everything that, you know, was going on with Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer burying himself, uh, Brock Lesnar, who uh, exposed himself to Terry Runnels. And then um, just all the times she said that the advice she was given was, don't sell it. Don't sell it. Don't. Don't give them the satisfaction. Don't lean into it and stuff. Uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar, there was some chatter about him as well, but nowhere near to the level um, of Ric Flair or Tommy Dreamer coming out of that episode. 
Yeah, and I've been a huge fan of Lesnar, but I, that's going to be tough now. Like that's shitty behavior. It is. So uh, you know, I, I can't defend that. I don't. I think more needs to be made of it because it's not. It's not a good thing. And I know it's like boys will be boys, but it's not. That's not the way to treat anyone. You shouldn't be doing that. And it brings to mind the Ashley Mazzaro situation, in which she's oh. over at the the U.S. tour and like the idea that yeah, like that's the same thing where she claimed oh I was raped and they just said you know don't sell it is the kind of the, the vibe you get and that's and you hear all these ladies saying too just don't sell it and that's like. That's the shitty side of wrestling you always hear about. And, I, and that's that's why I want to be cleaned up. Because that's like, imagine you're out there. And as the lady said, you're, you're afraid to fall asleep. You don't want anything to happen to you. Like, that's really fucking gross. So even something as simple as like, you know, I'm exposing myself. Like, that should never happen. Like, that yeah. shouldn't be happening. So that's that's super shitty, man. Yeah, it, it's funny. And w- we talk about this ad nauseum about how wrestling, it doesn't get treated as a professional work environment in a lot of ways. They don't have health benefits. They don't have this. They don't have that. Uh, but that's a great example of like, this is not a normal work environment. It never has been. And especially for women, women getting mistreated uh, by the more dominant talent for as long as wrestling has been around. And hopefully things are changing uh, these days, uh, especially as, as they become more prominent uh, from, from a talent perspective. Um, but yeah, this is just an awful story that we already knew was awful. Uh, and the dark side of the ring has just enlightened us to to more of the truth behind it. Yeah, and you know the locker rooms at the WWE level are apparently a lot different than they used to be. A lot more video games, a lot more kind of just horsing around and the general sort of you know camaraderie from people who have come up, which is great to see. But one person who's been very outspoken against how the locker rooms and stuff are now uh, versus back in his day is someone that I wouldn't be surprised to shortly find out in the next couple of years uh, was also super super problematic, and that's the Undertaker. Uh, Um, When this came out, I was reading uh, some excerpts from an interview that Rene Dupree did years and years and years ago with all the harassment and stuff he had to deal with when he was 19 and 20 years old. And there being an instance where, you know, they would throw his expensive suit and shoes in the shower and ruin it because he wouldn't go out drinking with them the night before when he wasn't even invited. And then apparently there being an instance as well where because he didn't mind that. But apparently after that, they threw his French flag in the toilet and everybody pissed and shit all over it and the person who was responsible for putting everybody up to that was the undertaker yeah that doesn't seem particularly surprising to me and i feel like all of this is starting to feel very frat culture and how that has kind of been uh they're attempting anyway to put that in the background uh, specifically in the u.s college system uh, the the frat culture and this is hazing right the the rene dupree stories are hazing and i'm sure that kind of stuff still exists i'm sure you got to sit there and take 20 chops from the biggest guy in the room and all that kind of shit and that that kind of stuff has to go away as well like let's let's start with the like i said the insidious nature of, of what this covered which was uh, the terrible uh treatment of women but let's also talk about the terrible treatment of young men who are getting treated like shit and ultimately like this is the kind of stuff that prevents um the diversification of their of their brands as well you're going to get less minorities you're going to get less women you're going to get less lgbtq people involved because they're afraid of this uh, shitty system uh that is toxic uh to to their treatment so Well, we're going to see a dark side of the ring coming up next about Chris Canyon. And holy shit, that's going to be pretty harrowing as well. And I think, you know, The Undertaker might factor into that one as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of that in, in major sports as well, and especially hockey as well. Like the the, the idea that like why there are more open gay athletes, and sort of stuff, because it is like a very frat culture. And you, even like great point about the guys themselves. And, and Jericho is someone who talks about it. Like he he doesn't openly say embrace it, but it's one of those things where it's the cycle of abuse. Where if you come up through it, you're almost like, well, everyone else should go through this. It toughened me up, sort of thing. So you want to stop the culture. And even in Edge's book, when he talked about JBL, JBL is another guy that like you hear stories of where it's like he just beat the fucking people. Like, is that? cool i guess and they found it cool and like edge talks about how like jbl closed him to him to fucking hell and then later in the night like was in the shower and edge felt a hand on his ass lathering up his ass with soap and it's like that's fucked up and he's like oh i passed jbl's test and it's like that should never be a fucking test like that's like if anyone you two did that to me I'm like what the fuck are we doing here boys like that's yeah, fucked yeah i should never and i'm not making light of it i'm just saying that's really fucked up i'm trying to imagine a story where i know you guys and you would do that I'd be like why is this happening that's so bizarre to me like but that's kind of the culture of the time right and it's, it's shitty and well i don't know if it is of the time though because these are the people that they hold as legends jbl like undertaker like these are all the guys who they hold to high esteem and you know i was even watching i don't even remember one of the wwe network documentaries about uh the acolytes and it was just showcasing them beating the living crap out of people who didn't do the things they wanted and that wasn't portrayed as like oh these guys are assholes it was portrayed as oh these are the guys who control the locker room these are the guys who stand up for what is right in the business of professional wrestling and it was it was lauded as 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 a great thing and so to say it was back in the day some of these things are getting pushed forward as the right way to do professional wrestling in in the way that wwe sees it anyway yeah because back then i mean talk about the acolytes i believe public enemy was being courted by wwf and then instead chose to go to wcw it didn't work out there then wwf brought them in the acolytes beat the ever-loving shit out of them and then they were fired almost immediately afterwards now you talk about this as an old school thing old school mentality and legends but i think we all know the legend killer randy orton when he was younger in that environment was maybe among from what is told like the worst as far as his harassment now he has since you know owned up to a lot of it and apologized for a lot of it and talked about his struggles he had at the time and he had to grow up and mature but here's a young guy in that era who's participating and leading a lot of this yeah and it is one of those things that like he viewed that at the time as this is the kind of crap i had to go through so this is the kind of crap you're also going to have to go through and that's the way these things end up going and end up going from person to person from generation to generation so it is going to take sorry to say it but it is going to take company policy laws whatever it takes to prevent these things from happening and i don't think that kind of stuff's happening in AEW. i'm sure it's lessened in wwe but i think that's more of a culture change not a company policy change uh but yeah obviously this has brought the the dark side of the ring that we've kind of gone on a tangent about has brought light to you know just kind of that nasty culture that has existed forever and to Wyatt's point, uh, it is great to see from any w- or yeah, from any W that none of that exists. It is a supportive locker room of people who have each other's backs, are there to put on a great show and entertain people, and it's it's great to see. Yeah, and again, I don't doubt there could be problems that arise, but it feels like they've tried to create an environment that. 
um, you know, it opens kind of people that like want to bring up concerns. And I know and I'm going to be real talk with you. I learned from ECCW. I, not that I saw anything bad there, but like I just didn't really pay attention to what was going on around me in any way, shape or form. And I'm trying to be much more ahead of that. I'm trying to be let people know you can always talk to me and that sort of thing. And I want to be part of, of the solution of things. And I think there's just I don't think it's an issue. Andy, but I think everyone's got a good culture. But if anything does come up, I would just want to be part of an environment that's will, willing to work with it and, and be a better place. And, I, and that's what I'm really looking forward to. Absolutely. Uh, we will hit uh, this week in wrestling history and then we'll uh, we'll shut her down. All right, so it was September 20th of 1999, one of the most beloved tag teams of the Attitude Era, the Rock and Sock Connection, Rocky Maivia and Mankind, uh, defeated the Big Show and supposed to be the Undertaker uh, for the WWF Tag Team titles. Instead, the Undertaker decided to be on commentary and let Midian and Viscera participate in a dark side rules match. Uh, guys, I sent you the clip earlier. I don't know. Do you remember Undertaker explaining what a dark side rules match was? Not in any specifics, no. He said that the guys in the ring, are, they, they all believe in the dark side. That's why they're in the ring. So there's your dark side <laughs> rules match. I don't want to take the loss is the rules. <laughs> now, and so uh, they won the tag team titles. They would lose them couple days later to the new age outlaws and then that would beget the this is your life segment which is seven days from the um from september 20th uh which did an 8.4 you know rating which to think about where the ratings for raw are now that is staggering and insane that they pulled like eight million people watching that segment um but with this one in particular the thing that's super interesting here is that the undertaker who we did talk about this was his last appearance in the dead man persona he was banged up and injured at the time i think he had an injured groin and then while he was recuperating he tore his pack and the next time we're going to see the undertaker he's the american badass coming out to Kid Rock before he came out to Limp Bizkit, uh, and then he wouldn't be seen as the dead man again until 2004. Uh, again, I'm still sad we never saw uh, the American Badass return. I do think that Kid Rock was, that was a banger of a fucking entrance. <laughs> also, was Limp Bizkit. I don't like he told live? Vince. So what, was Raw? what was that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that was... When he said he was going to kick Vince's stank ass, I didn't like that. And I'm like, oh, this is this is too far. Just, <laughs> I'm going to kick your stank ass. No, 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 Undertaker, don't. Um, but yeah, I I was again. I think that this is your life is now a bit problematic because like the Rock got everyone to boo a girl for not letting him get to second base, which isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got an entire audience to be like, fuck you. Side of no, the no, ring. No. Uh, this is yeah, her. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not uh, doesn't hold up as well. A lot of rock stuff probably doesn't. But um, at the time, I wasn't. I'm not a huge Mick Foley guy. Uh, I hated like I was such a mark. Like, Why is he with the Rock? Rock's so cool. Mick's not. Uh, so I didn't love it. But just in terms of like you know in the business, because that was the This Is Your Life was one of those things that was like must see. Everyone talked about it, and everyone knows that it went over the timeline because it, it was it was rocking, and the fans loved it. So that was kind of was like. One of the biggest non-wrestling moments on that show. Like, it, it really was huge for the time. Yeah, when they cut I, Chaz versus Meat, uh, that was obviously pretty disappointing <laughs> for those guys. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, I feel like uh, me and Wyatt would have been uh, scrapping on the playground at this time because I was a huge Mick Foley guy and it. not I mean, a big cool. rock You're guy. You're not. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Mike so, like, Harris putting his sock on his hand, chasing Wyatt around. <laughs> Well, it'd be hard to do because, you know, Wyatt's older than me, so, you know. 
look, I, I dress better, okay? I got $800 shirts. I got those shoes. <laughs> the Rock was the best. Corporate Rock, and just after that was amazing. And just, I like the fact that The Rock, like, that was thing Mick fully talked about, how, like, The Rock openly hated him the entire time. And, and Mick's like, I wish you would have softened up a bit during that time. <laughs> And he didn't, and I loved it. It's just so bit, funny but. that this is like an actual like huge point in my memories of a wrestling fan at this time during the Attitude Era. And you just told me it lasted a week. They were they were they champions were, for a week. They were champions a couple times, but yeah, they okay. won it uh, on Raw, and then they lost them on SmackDown to the New Age Outlaws. They would beat the Outlaws, I think, in October for the tag team titles again, and then that was their last okay. reign. I'm pretty sure they won the tag titles three times over the course of maybe four months, and then would lose them almost immediately. So there's not well, that's, a huge that's championship. That's wild to me. To, yeah, yeah. Not a big to think championship that that was run. only four months. To yeah, think well, that was only four months. Yeah, they were hot shotting the tag belts around a lot back in that time. So, you know, we're still several months away from WrestleMania 2000 and the first unofficial, like, TLC match. So, yeah. And the, yeah. I, will, I, yeah. I, I will give credit to, to, to Mick Foley when it did Cactus Jack. Remember, again, I remember the New Age Outlaws. Was it Terry Funk and Mick Foley were in the dumpster? And yep. three more oh, shit, that, yeah. that was That was a star-making moment for me. Like, that was, like, holy shit, these guys are crazy. And they, so, yeah, uh, and they played it super real. And everyone yeah. was all like, everyone's mad at the New Age Outlaws for taking the show too far. And Triple H and Shawn Michaels, who were DX, were like, no, this is exactly what you got to do to make an impact. And people wondered, holy shit, is this thing real? I mean, then at the end of the show, you got Terry Funk surfing down on his belly on the stretcher down the down the <laughs> ramp. So you're like, oh, they're fine. But uh, yeah, that blurred the lines a lot. That was a really, really harrowing, uh, harrowing moment there. So... Um, all right. Well, that closes the book on another episode of NEW Wrestle Nation. You can follow us on Twitter at NEW WrestlePod. And be sure to also follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. That'd be really nice for us. We'd appreciate that a lot. Uh, that's all for this week for the Stanchion Wyatt Art. Yeah. Again, I just want to say when I investigate the iTunes reviews, I better see new ones there. There you go. For the architect, Mike Paris. Yeah, I'm I'm worried what Beef Boy might review the show as now, but, uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And I'm Jay Bowman. We'll see you next week on Wrestle Nation. Wrestle Nation.